Hey, welcome to this next episode of the Golden Moment podcast with me, Obiskin. That's me. Today I had a really great conversation with Emily Ullman. Emily is a booking agent. She books for many um, major venues in Melbourne and music festivals. She's also a singer-songwriter, which is how I got to know her. She was one of the first people I met when I moved to Melbourne, or just before I moved to Melbourne, actually, to to pursue my own music career. And um, she's an amazing, beautiful songwriter. She's a great person. And in this conversation, we we covered a, a number of um, the roles that music can play in your life, even if it doesn't become the number one thing that you pursue. Um, we talked about uh, what a booking agent is looking for. So if you're a musician, you'll want to know um, what those key things are. And we also talked about a number of key um, things that you can do as an artist to put on better events and what it takes to become a booking agent, but ultimately what it takes to become successful in any field. So um, Emily shared sort of her approach to when she got started in booking and she was very open to trying new things she was ambitious she said yes to lots of things and from watching her career as a booking agent um, kind of her ascendancy in that world really has been through a lot of um, her tenacity and uh, um, also her personal ability like you'll see but uh, so there's some really interesting things in this conversation I really enjoyed it and I expect you will too. So without any further delay, here is Emily Ullman. I'm here with Emily Ullman. How are you, em- Emily? I'm great. Uh, it's Wednesday, sort of mid-morning. So I've had a cup of tea. Yep. I'm, I'm ready to start the day. It's nice to see you. Yeah, it's really great to see you too. Um, yeah. And so we were just, just talking about how we've, we've actually known each other for almost 20 years now through, through music. I first met you when you were performing. Um, so you're a singer songwriter, you create events, you're a booking agent. I'm sure you're about nine other things that I don't know about yet. You're a bulldog supporter. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, that's the only one that really needs to be made mention of. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an important part of, of, you know, the fabric of who I am. Yeah, great, cool. Um, and so this conversation, we might meander through a few of those topics and just see where it ends up. Great. Um, so maybe maybe let's start with, with music, your own, you know, songwriting and performing because um, I suppose that kind of led you into all the other things you do because of your passion for music. So where did that sort of start for you? Do you remember your first songs and how that all came to be? Yeah, I mean, I remember my first ever songs as sort of like a six, seven-year-old about roller skating Mm. and bubble gum and those sorts of things. I still sing them with my family. Um, But, yeah, I've I've always written. It took me until I was about 18 to perform live. And, um, yeah, and so, Ian, I've released... um, three albums and an EP. The EP I don't always admit to, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those. Um, 
Yeah, it's like the yeah the bastard child that uh, yeah you admit to it some sometimes, but um, but um, I guess yeah, and then at like at some stage in amongst all of that, I started working behind the scenes in the industry booking. I you know got my start at the Prince of Wales, and um, there was sort of a definite moment for me where I. I really did make that decision that music wasn't going to be my full-time thing and that um, I, yeah, I just, I, I absolutely love it and I still write to this day and I still record and I perform and do all the things. But, um, yeah, I just didn't feel like I was going to commit to full-time touring and, um, and go down that path. So I still think mm. about that sort of line in the sand moment. Um, mm. But, you know, my achievements have yeah, been been vast and varied. So mm, mm. yeah. So it's yeah, it's definitely a big part of who I am and yeah, I don't actually know that I'd be sort of functioning as well as I do without that creative outlet. Like it's it's mm. a really important part of how, yeah, I get um get through and yeah, in terms of like mental health and um expressing things and processing and um yeah, like all musicians, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it just feels incredibly important to this day, whether mm. or not sort of like the, yeah, the ambition is there or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear more about that because I think that's something that doesn't get talked about very much, just in our culture widely that um, music and art and drawing or having some creative expression, it actually is so... Um, cathartic and it helps you to process things like I guess that's why there's art therapy and all of those things but um yeah what what do you find you get from from having creativity and art playing that role in your life like what does it allow you yeah. to do one? it's a really great question because it's so intrinsic and it's so inherent that I don't actually I can't sort of yeah, I can't disassociate from having that outlet and not having that outlet. But I do know that I, the way I feel, you know, when other people maybe cook or go for a run or, um, you know, I don't know, do any of their like, yeah, whatever, paint, craft, mm -hmm. do collages, buy sneakers. I don't know. People find, <laughs> you know, catharsis in all sorts of ways. But for yeah. me, it's just, um, yeah, guitar in hand, pen to paper, um, and, yeah, a lot of what I write is probably rubbish and will never sort of be heard. But, um, but yeah, I, I kind of, like, have anxiety, I suppose. And so, um, yeah, it's sort of a necessary thing for me. I know people use exercise, um, you know, and other form, you know, other outlets that I've just mentioned. But, yeah, like, for me, it's just sort of um, it's way that I stay on course and don't... Um, yeah, don't feel too overwhelmed or anxious. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I've often wondered what other people do to <laughs> to sort of calm things down and recenter or whatever. I, I um, yeah, yeah I, I find it's yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, 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 you go. I, yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm the same. But mm. I know everybody has their outlet. Like I know mm. everybody, whether it be reading a book or listening to a podcast or going to the footy and yelling, which I do as well. Like I know that there's, you know, there's all manners of, of therapy that we, we find in things. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I think one of the things that works about it is just the self connection, like just 
sort of everything else sort of disappears and I get to experience my inner world and whatever's happening. Mm. And I've, I've had this experience like a number of times before I got more serious about songwriting that I played guitar all through my teens and whatever. And then um, any, any time where I kind of left it for a while, like three months, six months or something, and I'd kind of feel weird. I'd feel out of sorts and I wouldn't know why. And then I would pick up the guitar and play and I would just, I wouldn't even really like an hour later, I'd be like, I feel really, I feel really good. And it took me a while to connect the two, the two things that, Oh, maybe there's something to this. And um, as much as I was trying to push it away or avoid it or whatever, at some point I kind of had to acknowledge and embrace it and go, Oh, this is something that's really important for my mental health and well-being and all that. Absolutely. And that sort of ties in really nicely with isolate because um, part of being a musician as well for me is sort of like I would always have the gig to look forward to. I would always have some sort of performance, whether it's even just once a month, which is really what as often as I um, have played recently or before the lockdown kind of thing. Like I always had that one gig that I would be um, preparing for or thinking about or potentially writing new material for. Um, and so, yeah, like it just isolate. One of the, the things that I've uh, that I find really important about the festival is just um, making sure that artists have that opportunity still and have that platform. Mm. Um, and, and the feedback that I've received from the artists is exactly that, that they feel like they have the show to look forward to and to practice for and to set up their space, you know, because obviously they're going live and sort of like making sure that their, their stage dressing, um, you know, is all set up. And so, yeah, sort of just like it has been kind of a bit of a, a you know, a mental health or, or, or like a, um, uh, yeah, just a bit of a lifeline or something for artists. Mm. That's the feedback that I've received, that it has been, um, yeah, just exactly that. Like, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, for people who don't know about Isolade, what, what you're talking about here, maybe give us a little bit of a rundown of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's currently an online um, music festival that is on predominantly on Instagram but also on the Isolated website. So basically artists play a 20-minute set live to their own account, um, which is an important thing. Like it's not on yet yeah, on a brand or a different mm. account. Like it's very much about um, artists first. So yes. artists play 20 minutes live to their own account and then hand off hand over to the next um, artist who then performs 20 minutes and it's sort of like um, yeah, a rabbit hole of discovery and, mm. um, and the festival sort of moves together from one, one artist to the next um, via Instagram or people just can put it on, on the website and leave it on and not have to hop around. But, um, right, right. yeah, and initially we were raising mon- money and funds, mums. We were <laughs> raising funds for Support Act um, yeah, for about 10 or 11 or 12 weeks. And now um, the donations that people, um, yeah, give to the website are distributed amongst the artists. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Such a great idea. Um, and so um, it got started as part of the corona virus craziness and musicians kind of being wiped out of work essentially overnight if if they're relying on lots of live performance stuff and so as you mentioned um the you know i guess the isolate uh, um is about raising some funds but it's also 
aiding people's mental health and well-being, it sounds like. What's some of the feedback that you've gotten from um, participants or like artists, you've kind of mentioned a little bit, but other people that are experiencing it? Are you getting much feedback from that? Very much. Oh, absolutely. And constantly, like the feedback Mm. is is pretty consistent. And um, yeah, it's, it's not just a lifeline for the artists, I suppose. It's also the viewers and the feedback that I get um, still and very much early on was just that um, that it's reliable and it's consistent, whereas everything else seems, you know, the message, you know, the, mm. the restrictions ease and then they don't in, in Victoria particularly, mm. I suppose. But, um, but in general, like nothing was reliable. Like no one really knew if um, venues were going to open or when or a border's open or, you know, it's everything's in a state of flux and, um, yeah, creates this sort of anxiety and, and state of insecurity and mm. so, yeah, the feedback that I receive is very much around um, just being grateful that it's there and and for some people, you know, who are isolated geographically or, or have physical or psychological barriers that prevent them from going to live shows anyway, it's really mm. offered them um, access to live music that they've really never had. So... Um, you know, I know that people look for positives um, to come out of this time and I think that this um, streaming, mm. I was going to call it craze, whatever it is, like this <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boom, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, has been really positive for a lot of people and that's why I think mm. it's really important that it continues because a lot of people aren't coming out of lockdown for various reasons. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think... Yeah, in so many ways, it, it really had like the aid part of Isolate. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of assistance and not just financial that, um, mm-hmm. pe- you know, people have really benefited from. Yeah. Yeah, such a great concept. Um, and so, um, you know, in that you're, I suppose you're, just correct me if I'm wrong, your role there is part of the curation but also just organising many different aspects of it. It sounds like there are other people involved helping there. But um Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I was I was maybe gonna rewind a little bit because um I suppose in, in this time so many things have just have to be pushed over into the digital realm like really quickly people had to just figure things out and get technology happening and communicate lines of communication and all of that stuff happening very quickly but um you've been doing this for for quite a while so maybe we'll rewind back to um the prince of wales and booking shows there and being involved in um that how did how did that come about and what like you know piqued your interest in in doing that and how long did how long did you do that for it was like you were there Um, a while like a real institution yeah 11 years I think I was there um but even that you know my origin story working in music is kind of a a long-winded one but the very short version is that I was doing all sorts of things I'd done an arts degree I had done the NICE scheme the new enterprise initiative scheme um, for music I was um, doing occupational therapy at the time but the short version is that my friend asked me to fill in and do a shift in the cloakroom at the Prince. And so I, uh, st- I got my start in the cloakroom. Yeah, cool. um, and yeah, and then it just turned out that they needed some help 
uh, some admin help in the office and I kind of um, just kind of expanded from there and just kind of, yeah, took on more responsibility and was really hungry for it and was just trying to, I wanted to learn as much as possible and I was performing and recording and at the time as well and, yep. yeah, I've always been a voracious listener and consumer of music. Back then, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't digital. It was, you know, mm. actual CDs, my, like the piles on my desk would be. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so back in those days. Um, so, yeah, and so I just, I really, yeah, and so I kind of took on the publicity and then the booker that was there left and I took over the booking and um, and so... And then really never looked back. I just really loved it. And I love working behind the scenes. I think it, it speaks to my kind of organized brain, but also I find it incredibly creative and um, mm. just motivating. I just, I like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just like the way it makes me think. I like, you know, it inspires me in other ways. I do think like the busier I am, the more productive I am as a whole. And I know a lot of people feel that as well. Um, which has been tough during lockdown. I know musicians, um, some have said that they've been able to write no problem and other people are just like, I have nothing going on. I don't, you know, I'm not doing my hospital or retail work or whatever they do um, that allows them to have um, an income that also enables them to type, you know, take time off and go to, on tour when they need to. And some people just have really had a block and not been able to, be creative and I've kind of gone into both of those realms at times I've yeah I've been really unable to write and play at all and then other times I just get bursts of inspiration but I have found it really hard to read I'm a really big reader and I'm I can yeah I'm just I, I'm struggling with the written word with the page at the moment mm. so um yeah but back to the prince yeah so I just was I just wanted to take more on. I wanted to learn. I was, um, my mentor there was the owner, um, still is my mentor, Draw Erez, who, um, just an amazing guy. Just, I learned a lot from him in terms mm. of dealing with people and the industry and he was really generous and kind and, um, and still is and, all, yeah, continuous, continually checks in on me. Um, mm. That's so good. So, yeah, so I think, like, for me it's about, um, you know, seizing the opportunity and, um, you know, saying yes and also just being available and hungry. Um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I'll leave that there. <laughs> but, yeah, and then just, <laughs> I would just, well, just the experience that I've had with various people that have worked for me since, I think, like, um, yeah, just the, it's just changed a bit the attitude towards sort of um, taking things on and, and, and sort of having initiative and all of those things. Like I, mm. I just wanted to do everything. I would work for free. I would do the door. I would mm. sell merch. I would put up posters. Like I just wanted to be across everything. And, um, mm. yeah, and I guess Isolate in a lot of ways has kind of brought all of those skills and learnings together. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and as far as the beginning part of the question, I guess like I'm kind of, I oversee everything. There are other people involved, but I kind of, I'm the director, I suppose, or whatever, whatever the yeah. title is, the isolator. Um, and <laughs> isolator bringing everyone together. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, exactly. Um, A connector. But yeah, so I'm kind of, 
you know, I'm, I'm meeting with the digital marketing, talking to Sebi about the artwork, doing mm. the programming, kind of there's lots of different things that go into, you know, making it work. The merch. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it's all, it's predominantly vo- volunteer still. There's no funding. So um, that's like, yeah. that takes up a lot of my brain space at the moment, just trying to work out how to um, get some money to pay people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so many different skill sets in there. And it sounds like just having that hunger to sort of be involved. And uh, another thing that also comes through in that is just being up for anything like trying stuff, just, hey, we're going to do this yeah. thing. Oh, I'll have a go at that. Do you feel like that's Definitely. been a really important part of your character trait? Yes. That Yeah. I think so. I think that runs, yeah, through a lot of my life, not just work, mm. but I'm, yeah, definitely up for that. And, um, and I think just social causes, I think just um, thinking about the musical community and the music landscape and that, um, yeah, it's sort of bigger than the sum of its parts even. Mm. Like I just think, you know, it's, and it's critical this particular time and the fact that it's sort of, it's the only time in my life and uh, that it feels completely like, you know, that we're everybody like that. There's this global understanding because we're all in exactly the same mm. situation. And there's, you know, you don't, doesn't, yeah, it's like the, the, the greatest equalizer. Mm. Like it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you live, what you own, what you do. Like we are all, we all understand it. It's, mm. it's the virus or the pandemic or the, you know, we're all, susceptible and um yeah so it just feels um yeah it just feels important Mm. and also like how often musicians come to the aid and the rescue of 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 the community in other ways Mm. and um you know and it just feels like it's it's our turn (laughs) yeah yeah that's true it's our turn yeah um and in in the world of so i'm just sort of thinking about you know who might listen to this and it could be could be someone who's interested in getting into doing more you know music booking or something like that but also obviously from a from an artist perspective um you know people are i don't know i suppose it's it's good to um have, have you be able to answer questions that go through artists' minds? So what are, what are like, and you probably answered these a million times. So you can, you probably oh, got like. I, yes and no. And I, I never tire of it because okay. I think, yeah, I think community and, and I mentor and I do all sorts of things. Like I will, right. I will always have that coffee and have that chat. That's cool. Yeah. So um, what, what are some of the most common things that artists are baffled by when it comes to, you know, booking a show or playing at the Prince or playing at one of the festivals you mm. run or whatever, what are, what are they most I interested mean, in knowing from you? I guess like how to get a gig as a musician, like that's, you know, I don't know yeah. how sort of what level of artists we're talking about here, but just I guess there's emerging middle stage that might not have representation or a booking agent or management or anything, um, you know, that can be you know, confusing and overwhelming. Um, but I think sort of 
it'll always come back to community for me. Like you, I think you need to have some sort of, um, yeah, musical community around you, other, you know, mm. musician peers, people who are, um, you know, who you can organise a gig with. Like if you go to a venue, like if you make sense of the venue, the style of the venue, the nights that they have live music, yeah. um, you know, I know that this is very theoretical, especially now during <laughs> lockdown, but, you know, potentially like not approaching Cherry on a Wednesday because that's their old country night if you're a folk or whatever, like just knowing yeah. the venue, knowing what they have on particular nights. But if you go to a particular venue and a booker saying, you know, these are the three bands that I want to play, you know, this is my band, these are the links, these are the bands that we're going to, that I would love to put this night on with. Um, this is our plan for media or whatever, um, you know, and poster and, this is, and you make it so easy for the booker. And I'm not saying that that's all the booker does. Like, of course, the booker will mm. be chasing other leads and whatever. But if you make a case mm. for your night and your, um, yeah, and then that becomes a really attractive proposition for the booker yeah. um, is one piece of advice. And also sort of not necessarily, depending on which, or who your band is and what stage you're at, but not necessarily going after the Friday, Saturday Mm-hmm. Because you might, if you play the Wednesday or the Thursday, if that's appropriate for the venue, and you prove yourself, then the Friday Saturday will be a no-brainer next mm. time. Mm. Um, and because, as you, you know, as everyone knows, like the the weekend dates become like the holy grail, and everybody goes after them. But in reality, um, there's less going on in the earlier nights of the week, and maybe it'll be it'll suit you to potentially play play your first time in that venue. Yeah. I don't know if this is helpful or not. Yeah, it's super helpful. (laughs) Okay. It is. Um, Yeah. Because some of this can sound very basic or it can sound redundant or something like that. Um, But a lot of artists and, you know, me included in the past, I didn't, when I was first booking gigs or whatever, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just reaching out. and Neither. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I feel like I can laugh sometimes at other people's emails because that was me. <laughs> I was the one who was just had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And just saying like, hi, I'm Emily. Can I play at your venue? Like <laughs> there's no harder email than that to answer. Because yes. What do I do? You know, what does a book like, do with that? When, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, there are yeah. a few key things there that I'll extract. So um, the first part, um, you mentioned was like just do your research, know know the yeah. venue, know what's happening, know what nights, different music's on or whatever. Then do some more of the work by putting together a yeah. lineup that of of your contemporaries or friends or whatever. Um, if that, yeah, absolutely. If that's possible, then you yeah you will yeah. increase your like your chances of being booked yeah. exponentially. The third thing you mentioned was promo, like tell me a bit about how you're going to promote the gig. I think that's something I just didn't put in emails like for years and years. I just expected, well, I'm going to do a gig and of course I'm going to promote it. But the venue, the venue probably wants to know like, well, are you going to push this? Well, I guess that's one of the primary, you know, boxes to tick. Are there people going to be in in the room? Are you going to get people there and how? So maybe sharing a bit about how you're going to promote it. Yeah. And then you also mentioned just make it really easy for the booker. Exactly. And the other thing I'll mention that, that is really attractive and enticing for a booker is if there's an excuse for the show and it can be as tenuous as like Jim is going overseas or it's, oh, yeah. it's 
you know, Ali's birthday or whatever it is, if there's like, it can be the most ridiculous, but, but it's like, a, it's a hook for media, but it's also like an anchor that, um, yeah, rather than a gig for a gig's sake. But, it, you know, it might be a single launch or an album launch, but if you don't have those things in, in order or yeah, in the pipeline, then you can still find a cause. Make it up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Blue Day or something, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you have, like, that's also a really attractive thing for a book because it's just like, oh, yeah, there's something that, you know, in the Facebook event or on the posters or something, there's like a hook there that people are going to mm. um, particularly, you know, potentially rather um, resonate with. Yeah, right, cool. So it turns it from a gig to an event, like something's actually yes. happened there. Rather than- yes, that's exactly, yeah, yeah. you've nailed it. <laughs> cool. Um, awesome. That's great. Ah, and um, yeah, I think that's super helpful for people. And um, I want to ask about in, in the world of um, just your experience as a booker, some highlights and some lowlights. So what have been some of the most like really challenging things, not necessarily like horror stories where you're going to name mm. and shame, but maybe what, what, what's the most difficult part of that role and that job? And then, Essentially, um, what's the payoff? There's a lot. I mean, it depends. You know, the prints, for example, where I started, that was just sort of the size of it, thousand cap or whatever, meant that it was really just for special events. But then I moved from there to the Toff and the Gasso and Boney and other, you know, the post office, lots of other venues that um, really wanted live music six, if not seven nights a week. And mm. Gasso would have upstairs and downstairs, which could mean sort of 12 minimum gigs a week. Mm. And so, um, yeah, the challenging and sort of least fun parts of the gig would, uh, of the role, the gig being the job, um, (laughs) would just be like, yeah, if it felt like a slog, if it felt like Tetris or if it felt like just looking for content's sake, which is just never a good feeling. Um, Yeah, so, but I guess... You know, the difficulty also is just often the headliner is doing the bulk of the work and, you know, I've been the support act a bunch of times and really done very little, invited people to the um, Facebook event, done a couple of posts but really left the the main, the, the hard slog to the headliner. So just as, an, as a booker and you can't, you can't really expect a lot more from artists because there often isn't a huge amount of money to be had. I mean, there's more if there, you know, if the, if the effort's made, but um, mm. yeah, just feeling sometimes like the job was chasing people for, you know, to care or just to kind of mm. to invest in the gig to actually mm. try and make it work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, was that the question? Maybe I've just. Yeah. Yeah. Just the challenge, the challenge of doing it. Yeah, there's definitely a challenge, um, mm. but the rewards are so far greater that mm. the challenges just become sort of not insignificant because they're annoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never, ever as a programmer or as a booker woken up pissed off or unhappy to work. Like mm. that's probably an indication. You know, they say like yeah. find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life or whatever yeah, that yeah. <laughs> adage is. But yeah. um, it's true. Like I, you know, yeah. Cool. I, I think working in music, if you find, yeah, something that, res- you know, that you love doing is 
is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everyone like it's so, in, so important to have, you know, really good people like yourself in all these different yeah. roles to make it work or it, or it just doesn't work. Like if it was That's amazing. Up yeah. to artists to figure everything out, you know, they don't necessarily have all the skill sets to, to get it together. Well, that's exactly. And that's kind of the heartbreaking thing that it like artists shouldn't have to like, they're <laughs> like creative and talented and hardworking in other ways, you know, and it kills me that then on top of that, they have to then, um, yeah, organize shows and do, you know, the management side and chase invoices and, and get posters to the venue and like all the stuff. It's like, Oh <laughs> Yeah, it's heartbreaking because artists shouldn't need to do all the admin side of it, but it's just the reality. And I guess you do the work so that at some stage, if and when you get the representation, A, you know what they have to do for you and you know what's involved so you become sort of a better person to work with and, you know, more grateful. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that's true. You, You can appreciate the support and what the other person's doing. Yeah, and um, and then maybe maybe we'll finish on a bit of a highlight. If you can, can you recall? There's probably hundreds of these that you can recall where you've booked the show and then the show's happening and you're there. And I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's not the highlight. Maybe it's a conversation. Well, that's definitely a highlight. Booking like locking the show in mm-hmm. is the yeah is the rush of all Mount right. Rushmore's. Like it's the. <laughs> 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 it, yeah, that part feels amazing. But there's definitely a, a sense of pride and accomplishment when you're at the show, it's happening, you know, you've been there from the very first email or phone call or whatever it was to all the steps that go into putting a show on, which, um, you know, a, yeah, a vast. Um, and, yeah, you're standing there going like, holy shit, this is uh yeah, like I was part of making this happen. Mm. I really get that in a massive way um, with, my, with um, Brunswick Music Festival that I'm programming mm. at the moment. I don't know why, but just this, I think probably because of the longer lead, like it's an annual thing mm. and I'm working on it for eight, nine, ten months. And so there's just like way, way, way more work and there's more involved. Um, yeah, yeah. And then by the time it happens, I'm like, wow, this is just, yeah. Goosebumps on goosebumps. Yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, it must be a very gratifying experience to be walking down the street with everyone else, with all this music blaring out, knowing you're yeah. an important part. Of- yeah, totally. And I shouldn't sort of overlook the the crazy importance of everybody else that's involved. It's not just mm. the booker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially admin people and the venue managers and the production people and the lo- you know, like mm. it ain't a one gal <laughs> band, but um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's great. And in, in that context, when you're, when you're, you know, walking down the street and hearing all the music, um, is there a moment where you, where you can fully switch off and enjoy it? Is, is there a moment when your job is sort of done or are yeah. you just like, Oh, that band's going on in like half an hour. I hope they've got, do you become like stage manager, production manager, band manager? Everything. Yeah. I've been gigs, which is kind of hilarious, but I was like, yeah, like in my career, there have been gigs that I have been part of, like from every single thing. Like I'll be down at the door checking guest lists and I'll be 
you know, have done all the booking and done everything, but then potentially like supporting the act. And so I'll be on stage right. as well. Like, so right. I've done, yeah, but, wow. but that's, a, that, as an aside, but yeah, I will never, I can't switch off. Like that is kind of the bummer about yeah. it. That, but that's also why I love going to gigs that I'm not involved in because yeah, yeah. Then I switch off and then, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, that's a good question because yeah, yeah it's really hard to, switch off because you're like does it sound okay are people enjoying it yeah. is the weather good are people at the bar or is this you know yeah 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 we need to bring more sunshine out more sunshine more sunshine <laughs> trying to control yeah. the weather and everything Doing the rain dance the sunshine yeah. dances and yeah yeah well you're a, you're a woman of many many hats um although this one's a fave though you tend to stick to that one which is yeah the base that's the base level core core hat that i'm sure all your passion springs from cool it's been really awesome to to chat definitely and i think that that is kind of an interesting oh sorry i know i think we had a bit of a glitch there we did oh no i just wanted to say that i think for me like football or having something outside of music even though i love reading and podcasts and whatever but i think it is like i thought about it the other day just how what having something that's completely separate to music Mm-hmm. means and how important that is but that's a whole other podcast conversation yeah. but yeah. it's not it's not an accidental thing that i'm completely insanely obsessed with football <laughs> yeah and let's let's have that conversation down the track sometime let's do a part Love two to. We'll, we'll get into more of this thanks heaps for your time thank you thanks for asking me this has been really fun yeah pleasure all right talk soon bye, bye. so there you have emily Ullman. Thanks to Emily for that conversation. In that conversation, Emily talked about a few things that I would love to direct your attention to. So if you'd like to check out ISOLAID, so it's spelled I-S-O-L-A-I-D. This is the online music festival that Emily's been the director of and running. So please check that out. You can go to isolaidfestival.com and any of the social media platforms, it's whatever the platform is, slash ISIL aid to check that out and there are a lot of uh, amazing acts international artists playing as part of that online festival and uh, you can watch it all from your home in this wild time depending on when you're hearing this who knows if we're still in lockdown but um, go and check that out Um, and if you'd like to get in any of my music a free download of a couple of my tracks you can go to my website meobiskin.com slash free music and you punch in your email address and i'll send you a couple of cool tunes hope you enjoy that if you want to grab a cd you can also go to my website meobiskin.com and you can buy a cd and i will sign it and send it to you wherever you are in the world Um, and that's about it thanks for checking this out Do all the things, like it, subscribe, thumbs up, share it with a friend, and um, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in the next episode of the Golden Moment podcast. Peace out. Bye.